Hello and welcome to the Gratitude and Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Midich, and I am so happy you found your way here. Most of you probably know me as an actor, but what you might not know is I have been on the most transformative journey these last few years. And I've created this podcast to share the discoveries I've had and things I've learned and continue to learn about this wonderful journey we all call life and how to attain joy, peace, and ultimately freedom. Because I think that's what we're all striving for at the end of the day. I'm here to share some tools that can change your life, hone your mental discipline, and empower you to step into the highest version of who you want to be. I'm gonna share my own journey of how I got here, but please do not live from my experience. My intention is for you to live from and create your own experience. Take what works, leave what doesn't. There is no right or wrong here. Just do you. Just be you. Okay? Alrighty. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the podcast. I have to say, this podcast has been a dream for almost a year now, and the fact that I'm sitting here recording my very first episode fills my heart with so much joy. So truly, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. I was wondering how to start the podcast. I was wondering where in my journey I should start it from, and then I was having tea with a friend the other day, and she said to me, seeing who you are now compared to who you used to be is so inspiring. And I thought, that's a perfect place to start from, is by giving you a very open and honest account of who I was before I started doing the work. And so I shall start at the beginning. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to start with the latest catalyst in my life that propelled me to change. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been many events and things that have happened in my life that inspired me to want to change. And then I would change for a month or two, but ultimately I would always end up cycling back to the version I was before or to the patterns I was used to before. But this time, this time it stuck. And it all started about two and a half years ago when I ended a decade-long relationship and canceled my wedding, six weeks before it was supposed to happen. When that relationship ended, I had no idea who I was. And I genuinely mean that. I had no idea what my own opinions were on politics, religion, spirituality. I had no idea what my own morals or values were. Honestly, I didn't even know what kind of music I really liked. And there's a couple reasons for this. The first is because I realized that I had wrapped up my identity in everything outside of myself. So what I mean by that is I wrapped it up in how much money was in my bank account, in how thin I was, in how externally beautiful people perceived me as, in how well I could cook a meal in the car that I drove, in how perfect my nails were, in how clean I kept my house. All of these things that at the end of the day had actually nothing to do with who I really was. And look, there's nothing wrong with wanting perfect nails, and nice hair, and a nice car, and having money in your bank account. Nothing wrong with any of that. The problem for me was I'd wrapped up my value 
in these things. I had wrapped up my worth in them. The other reason was because I learned that for most of my life, I was always trying to be whoever I thought other people wanted me to be. So first and foremost, my romantic partners. I held a man's opinion of me as the highest value in my life. And so I would always try to figure out what the men in my life thought the perfect woman was. And then I would work to become that. But it wasn't even just with the men, with friends, coworkers, at random events. I had this incredible ability where I could walk into a room, listen to the people there for five minutes, decipher what they thought the perfect woman was, and then I would effortlessly slip into that persona. And I mean everything from different ends of the political spectrum to with some people I was the soulful artiste, with other people I was the super chill actor, with some people I cared about what I ate, with other people I didn't care about what I ate, and so on and so forth. One of my biggest selling points as an actor is the fact that I'm a chameleon. I can literally do any role under the sun and I can do it with full commitment. That's great for my acting career. Not so great for being a living, breathing human being because what it leads you is to ultimately where I ended up, which is when you take all of that away, when you take away all that external validation, you're left with not knowing who you actually are. And so I've no idea who I am and I'm alone for the first time in my life and I'm living alone for the first time in my life. And it turns out that loneliness was my biggest fear. It's why I jumped from relationship to relationship my whole life. It's why I jumped from job to job, project to project. I always had to be busy. I always had to have some external noise going on because I couldn't handle the loneliness of the silence. And so all of this put together, I dove head and heart first into what I called back then my hot girl summer. (laughs) I think I spent every day that I wasn't working that summer drunk, stoned, or both. And I had never experienced anything like this before in my life. And look, I don't want to rob that summer of the freedom that it gave me because it really did. It gave me a freedom I didn't even know existed. I felt like I had broken through a cage And like I was living my life for me for the first time. But I also don't want to glorify that lifestyle. Because my truth from where I'm sitting now is it's not a healthy way to live. And it's not a healthy way to process your pain. Because all I was doing at the end of the day was numbing myself. I was numbing myself because I couldn't handle my life sober I was numbing myself because on top of it all, I was suddenly so unlikable to so many people for this decision that I had made. I think as human beings, the one thing we want above anything is to be loved, is to be likable, is to be lovable. That's why I would always adapt my personality. It's just because I wanted the people in the room to like me at the end of the day. And now at this point in my life, I was so unlikable. 
And that was unbearable to me to handle sober. And so I just built this veneer on top of it all. I built this veneer to try to hold myself together. So I'm waltzing through my hot girl summer slash my summer of sadness, as I now call it. And then one day I did mushrooms (laughs) and I did them all wrong. I had never done mushrooms before and I was drunk. I hadn't eaten in a while and I didn't feel safe. I was told later that this is a recipe for disaster. Look, all jokes aside, that was the worst night of my life. Because my experience is that with psychedelics, whatever veneer you've put on top stands absolutely no chance. The shrooms cut right through it. And that night, that night propelled me into the deepest depression I've ever experienced. I've been depressed three times in my life. The first was in my teens when my ballet career ended earlier than I ever imagined. The second was when I was 23 after I buried my father. And this was the third. And this was the deepest. And this was the darkest. Because this one was of my own doing. Sitting where I am now, I am so grateful for that experience and I am so grateful for that darkness because I wouldn't know this incredible joy that I feel now on a daily basis. We live in a world of relativity. You cannot know left without right. You cannot know up without down. You cannot know light without dark. And I've learned that sometimes the darker the night, the brighter the light is on the other end. Okay, back to my shrooms trip. At one point, I was laying on my floor, staring at my kitchen ceiling, and part of my ceiling is popcorn and part of it's smooth. And I remember screaming through uncontrollable sobs, which one am I supposed to be? The rough? or the smooth. And my entire world came out from under me. And all of my demons came out. And I mean, they literally came out and started talking to me. So the first one that came out was what I call dead dad demon. My father died very quickly 11 years ago. On June 1st, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and August 17th, he was gone. And dead dad demon was like, hey, you never processed the last few months of my life. Not only that, you never processed what my death or what my life did to you. And then another demon came out. Hey, why do you hate your physical body? Why do you abuse your physical self so much? And then another one, my fear of rejection. Another one, my fear of being too much. My fear of being not enough. My fear of being the bad guy. All of my demons literally came out and started talking to me. So something I'm going to do in this podcast a lot probably is reference some books that have had a profound impact on my life and on my journey. I'm not affiliated with them in any way. You do not have to read them by any means, but they are just books that affected me in a really beautiful way along this journey. And so in his book, The Untethered Soul, 
Michael Singer has a concept called your thorns. Essentially, a thorn is an event that you don't allow to pass through you. So as humans, thousands of events pass through us every single day. You're at the grocery store and something's on sale or not on sale. That passes through you. You're on a hike. You see a beautiful tree. That passes through you. You're on the highway. You see a car crash. That passes through you. Thousands of events pass through us all the time. But sometimes an event doesn't pass and it gets lodged in our heart as a thorn. And what we do is we build an entire personality around the thorn, an entire defense mechanism so that no one and nothing can touch the thorn because to touch the thorn hurts. So let me give you a couple examples from my own life and from that night. Dead dad thorn. When my dad got sick, I literally tried to do everything I could, emotionally, mentally, and physically, to save him. I really did. I tried really hard to save him. But ultimately, I failed. He died. And I held such guilt over not being able to save him, and that guilt lodged itself as a thorn in my heart. And the personality I built around it for the next nine years was that I would work to save everyone and everything in my life all the time. Now, that might sound like a very selfless way to live your life, but I learned that it's actually not. Because when I was operating from that place, I was actually operating from a place of fear. I was operating from a place of guilt and from a place of depletion. And so everything that I was giving everyone was usually rooted more in obligation and duty than actual willingness and actual love. It also put the impossible burden of being responsible for everyone else's happiness in my life. One of the biggest truths I've learned is that your happiness is your own choice and responsibility and everyone else's happiness is their own choice and their own responsibility, not yours. Another thorn that came out for me that night and the one that actually propelled me the most into the darkness was my thorn of loneliness. So I kind of already talked about the personality I put on top, relationship to relationship, job to job, project to project, busy, 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 noise, noise, noise. But what was so hard for me that night was I saw for the first time in my life where that thorn came from, why I was so afraid of being alone, why I didn't like being alone. And it's because I hated myself. And I hated how I was showing up in the world. I remember waking up the next morning and there aren't really words to describe how I felt. The closest ones are discombobulated, confused, lost, helpless. I had no idea how to process everything that just came up. And I didn't really know how to talk about it with people. And I didn't feel like I could talk about it with anyone because I felt such shame over the experience as a whole. 
and it really propelled me into some serious darkness. And eventually I realized that I had two options. I could let this destroy me, or I could use this for change. And when I finally made the decision to change, which, for the record, took me a while to decide, because change is hard. I think, I know one reason I feared change was because it meant embracing the unknown. And one reason I tried so hard to keep my life in this perfect, clean little box was because then it was predictable. Because then I knew how my day unfolded and I knew how other people were going to act and I knew what was going to happen and I felt like I had some control and everything felt very safe. But change is the opposite. True, real change is terrifying because you have to let go of everything that you know. You have to let go of everything that feels safe. And so one of the first things that I did was I made a list of who I was. And I made this list not from an egotistical place, but also not from like a loving bias. I just took honest inventory of who I was and how I was showing up in the world. And this is what that list looked like. I'm riddled with anxiety, doubt, fear, and worry. I'm a people pleaser. I'm living to please everyone else, and I'm just trying to be what I think they want me to be. I have no boundaries with anyone. I don't know how to say no. I always feel like I need to prove myself. I don't listen to people. I always make what they're saying about me. I have so much guilt inside, and I don't know where it comes from. I feel like a fraud in my own life. I'm sad and I'm scared and I'm tired and I don't know who I'm supposed to be anymore. I have no control over my life. So I sat with that list for a few days. And then I made another list. I made a list of who I wanted to be. And on this list, there were physical goals I wanted to achieve. There were accolades I wanted to win in my career. But I also really focused on the personality traits, on how I wanted to show up in the world and how I wanted to show up in my relationships. And this is what that list looked like. I want to be happy unconditionally. I want to be the biggest beacon of love in this world. I want to be genuinely kind, patient, and generous. I want to actually listen to people, and I want to listen more than I speak. I want to do something with my life that helps people, that has a greater purpose than me. I want to live every single day that I wake up on this earth. I want to take up space confidently. I want to be enough for myself. And so now... I had these two lists. And if I'm being real, things actually got a little darker because I knew who I was and I knew who I wanted to be, but I had absolutely no idea how to get there. But that's what propelled me into the work because I knew that there had to be a way. I knew that there had to be a way to be consistently happy. And I knew that there had to be a way 
that I could become the person that I've always wanted to be. And it all started with that list of who I was. And the beginning part of my work, honestly, was just gaining awareness. Just gaining awareness of, okay, let me give you some real examples. So one thing I realized that I did a lot was I was operating from a place where I felt like I needed to prove myself all the time when I was in a room. And how that would manifest is I'd always end up interjecting into people's stories and interrupting them and somehow making what they were saying about me. And it came from a place of wanting to be relatable. So inside, my mind was kind of like, oh, hey, hey, me, 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 me. I can relate to this. I can relate to this. It didn't come from a malicious place. It just came from this like clingy unworthiness. And so I just started taking notice of when I was doing that. Or another example, I started noticing when I wanted to say no to things, but I actually said yes because I either felt obligated or I felt guilty or I was super people pleaser Sarah. So I just started noticing these things. And look, that doesn't mean that I immediately implemented the changes. I got to be honest and say it took me a lot of time. But the awareness was my first step. And it was like a launching pad. And, you know, sometimes I would get so angry with myself afterward. Like I would leave a hangout and then I would go home and be like, oh my gosh, I did the thing again. Why can't I just not do it? To which eventually I learned to tell myself, hey, the win is in noticing it. And next time, try again. And if it doesn't work then, then the next time after that, try again. And eventually it was just trying again and trying again and building this awareness that got me to a point where I could actually make the tangible, actionable changes. And so before I started this episode, I actually made a list of who I am today. And I want to share that list with you too. I make gratitude a way of life. It is more than an intellectual understanding. I live a practical execution of being grateful every day. I see beauty in almost everything most days. I work hard to be kind, compassionate, generous, and patient, especially on days where I feel my patience running thin. I'm less defensive and reactive, and when I am, I apologize. My awareness is tenfold, and I'm able to understand my triggers and why I do what I do. I'm currently, as in this week, understanding the difference between awareness and overthinking. I'm very quick to forgive, to forgive others, and to forgive myself. I'm working to honor my emotions and simply let them pass through me, without indulging in a dramatic narrative, nor avoiding them completely and dipping into toxic positivity. I honor and exercise my mind, body, and soul routinely and regularly. I'm making headway on speaking my truth, even if it'll make me unlikable to whoever is on the receiving end. I set up boundaries and I say no when I need to. Above all, I prioritize my peace. If I spiral, I usually do so for a few hours or a day, 
and then I'm able to use the tools and reset myself. I know my purpose in this world, and I am actively stepping into it. I've learned to move forward alongside my fear, instead of thinking that I have to rid myself of it. I'm noticing more and more how my need for control and perfectionism manifests in my life and in the choices that I make. I'm aware of when my people-pleasing tendencies come up and I work to move past them. I choose to see this world from a lens of positivity and love every single day I wake up, despite what I might be going through. So that's who I am these days. And that's how I'm showing up. And look, just because I've been doing the work for a while, and just because I've promised myself I will continue to do the work, doesn't mean that I don't get hurt. Doesn't mean that things don't shake me, that I don't feel pain, that I don't feel fear. Of course I do. I've learned that that's just the experience of being a living, breathing human being on this planet. But what I'm doing now is I'm creating less thorns. I'm letting things pass through me. I let things hit me. I sit in the emotion of it. And then I let it pass through me. I let it go. And then I move on. And I don't want that to sound discouraging. I really don't. Because truly, 90% of my days now are spent in joy and peace and bliss. 90%. That's not a bad number. But I can't give you 100. I can't. I don't know how. That's just not my experience. At least right now it isn't. So if you're looking for a quick fix or an overnight solution or a band-aid, my story can't offer you that. It can't. But if you're looking for ways to ground your life so that more of your days are spent in joy and peace and bliss instead of doubt and frustration and fear and worry and anxiety, that I can offer you. And I can offer you that confidently. And for me, it all started with asking this one question. Who am I? In a very real and honest way. And look, I don't think you need to have a terrible psychedelic trip to ask yourself these questions. I really don't. I did. That was my experience. For whatever reason, that had to be part of my story. But I also never had anybody asking me these things. I didn't even know to ask myself these questions, which is why I'm asking it of you. Who are you? When you take away the outside noise and you take away the distractions and the numbing agents that are so readily accessible and available, when you take away the alcohol and the drugs and the cigarettes and the toxic food, when you take away the devices and the phones and the social media and the TV and the movies and even the books, when you take it all away and you sit in the silence, who are you? Do you like that person? This is the person you're going to spend your entire life with. Do you love this person? These aren't easy questions to ask. And this isn't easy work to do. And so if you decide to take a deep dive into your own journey like this, 
May I suggest two things? The first, do it gently. Our self-critics could win all the awards. They are so strong and always at the ready. And you might come head to head with certain things like I did that you didn't even know about yourself, that you didn't even know was in there. And so try to do it from a lens of love and forgiveness for yourself and compassion for yourself. And my second thing is, I highly recommend working with a professional support system. In my summer of sadness, I began working with an awesome therapist. These days, I'm working with a wicked life coach, and it's so wonderful to have somebody who isn't friends or family, somebody who has an intimate but objective perspective on my life, somebody that I can be so open and honest with, and somebody that I'm not afraid to, no, I'm going to correct myself. I am afraid sometimes to get ugly and messy with her. But that's also part of it. And it's such a gift to have somebody that I can talk about the deepest things I'm working on myself with. And I can talk about my deepest discoveries about my own existence. All right. I think this is a great place to wrap up for this first episode. But before I do that, I've decided that I'm going to end each episode with a prompt of gratitude. Now, I haven't had a chance to talk about gratitude yet, and it is my favorite topic to talk about in this whole wide world, and how when I really started infusing my life with gratitude, my entire perspective on this world, on my life, on everyone else on this planet completely changed. But also with these prompts, I want to show you how easy it is to infuse gratitude into your own day and how it doesn't even take any extra time. So for today, I'm going to keep it super simple. Wherever you're at in your day that you're listening to this, can you think of one thing so far that's happened today that you're grateful for? And it can be anything from your morning cup of coffee to a phone call with a friend or a loved one or a coworker, an assignment you've completed, a beautiful walk that you took, whether you worked out, it can be the bed that you slept on, food in your fridge, a roof over your head, literally anything, big or small. Can you take that one thing and can you hold it in your heart and can you feel real, genuine gratitude for it? And if you're able to, out loud, can you say thank you and really mean it? That's it. That's all it takes. It's that simple. And look, you can choose more than one thing. You can choose as many things as you can find to be grateful for. The biggest truth I have learned is that the more things I find to be grateful for, the more things I receive to be grateful for. And the other truth that I have learned is that the more things I'm ungrateful for, the more things I'm focusing negatively on, the more things I receive that make me feel ungrateful. Anyways, okay, enough for today. Thank you again so much for tuning in to this first episode, for listening to the beginning part of my story, and I cannot wait to share more with you. Much love.
Bye for now. Thanks so much for checking out today's episode. If you resonated with what you heard, hit that subscribe button and maybe send it to someone who you think might need to hear today's message. If you want to stay up to date and connect with us on the socials, our Instagram handle is at Gratitude Growth Podcast. Until next time, stay grateful and keep growing.